Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hi, everyone. This is another episode of Event Brew coming at you in this fun, fun 2020 times where everything is going right, including, uh, you know what? Betty White's still alive. Never mind. I take that back. This year could be worse. Um, my name is Nick Pirelli from Pirelli Strategies, and I just uh, had, a, had a flash in my mind that Betty White was still alive, so I have to check that every morning. Um, with me today is uh, Will Curran uh, from Endless Events. Hey, hey, uh, uh, hey. Dustin Westling from uh, One West uh, and uh, Tui from Hot Rock Creative. I'm going to remember all these names really good. I, I do you guys have a problem with remembering businesses that you deal with when you just know the like the person? I can usually remember the business and I really blank. I blank on their name. Oh, yeah. I'm the other way. I don't care about the business name at all. I just like I know a person I trust and I, I lock into that and I'll like know their first name. Um, not this you know necessarily this call but i mean in general like once i like um miguel what's miguel's business name it's like something with a chef or something like that it's no disrespect to that i just trust miguel so he can call himself whatever and well it doesn't help too that when we met him he was at a different organization and then yeah he totally has his own thing and stuff anyway that's sorry point. that's uh down the rabbit hole there um yeah so uh, uh event brew we talk about uh, what's going on in events uh that other people won't talk about because they are worried about their reputations and we do that <laughs> we while we don't give a shit yeah we <laughs> and we realize that what, nope. what what difference does it make at this point uh and uh, we do that while drinking uh uh oftentimes uh soda uh tea uh or uh water or water like beer uh so what is everyone drinking I'm drinking. I agree, chai boo. From, <laughs> boo. I'm drinking vanilla chai from David Rio. Typical Will staple. Still so good. I'm still Too going late. through my Mountain Dew zeros. So <laughs> cranking through. Cranking it's 7:30 through. at night. It's time for a Mountain Dew zero. <laughs> Tui, what are you drinking? Well, I just got back from traveling, so I'm drinking an Evolution Defense Up. It's organic. It's those things you get at Starbucks for like six bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, got the big version. Yeah, this one's delicious. Mm-hmm. I thought you were Don't. gonna say I got back from like traveling somewhere, so I brought back like something local from, from from Austin. You were coming back from? Mm-hmm. Nah, mm. just trying to be safe. I took um a one of those things, the ginger shots yesterday. Yeah. Are you, I think so I say just a to, COVID test. Yeah, <laughs> I just got back from my COVID test, so Which just trying to stay like healthy. Ginger. Don't they say that vitamin C is like is one of the the things to help you recover? I think it's vitamin D. Oh, vitamin D. I take vitamin D every day because I have yeah. a vitamin D deficiency because I live in I've, Ohio. I was going to say I have a vitamin D the, deficiency because I'm, I'm a ginger. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try going outside every once in a while, guys. Yeah. I'm on pres- actually, people, literally actually, prescription people, vitamin D. 
Really? Here's what's ironic, though. You you live in Ohio where there's less sun, right? So you're Much vitamin less. D deficient. In Arizona, people are vitamin deficient because they don't go outside because it's too hot. That's and fair. Too sunny. Yeah. So Goldilocks, like California however, is the only place crushing it. <laughs> hmm. Dustin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Michelob Ultra. Hmm. I did good. I had two recordings in a row. I had the something smell of beer. It's almost, just the it's the thing that is in my times. fridge, and it's just there, and it's. Yeah. It, it's exceptionally light, and that's what I like. The so. Lacroix of beer. We, we really need like LaCroix some like drink beer. company to sponsor us, so we like all like ha- share. A We're drink not nice to the we drinks we drink, except for the teas, though. Like I, I talk like justifiable crap on whatever I consume, <laughs> uh, or and some, then maybe a brand that's willing to have its shit talked about it. Oh yeah, that, that's like your campaign. Will. Any yeah. any brand will. Hmm. Smart, I, smart. I was just smart thinking about this. So like people talk shit about them. It's good. We never drink the same thing, though, and, like, talk about what, what it is. I mean, like, occasionally, like, in the beginning, Tuna and I would talk about the tea that she drank. Because, yeah. Like, she gave it to me as a gift. Do you want me to but... talk about Mountain Dew? I mean. <laughs> I mean, we should all drink Mountain Dew sometime and then talk about how it makes us feel. Oh, God. Maybe for another episode. Let's We'll try that sometime. Mm. No, thanks. Makes me feel normal. And this will be shipping you guys cases of Mountain Dew. Yeah. I'll We're looking it. for sponsors in 2021. So Yeah, uh, yeah we'll take anybody, it. <laughs> anybody has a beverage company that won't kill us, we'll... Uh, We'll take it. Speaking of killing people, um, what are we talking about? <laughs> Great segue. What are we talking Damn, about you... this week? All right. All right, Dustin, lay it on us. What, yeah. the, what the article and stuff oh, that you found. I will. So we're going to talk a little bit about responsibility. We're going to talk a little bit about legality. And I'm going to just put a little, a little precursor in there that we are not lawyers. We are not scientists. We are not doctors. We're just having a conversation. So in... Um, Can you imagine if everyone thought we were? They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. This whole uh, time? Turning off. They're just event professionals. I'm pretty sure everybody <laughs> yeah. on my Facebook feed thinks they're a doctor right now. So <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. And you all know who you are. And knock it <laughs> off. So on December 4th, uh, Forbes Online article, COVID-19 super spreader wedding in Washington state linked to seven deaths of people who didn't even attend. What the fuck? So a 300-person wedding on November 7th in Washington State has been linked with dozens of cases of COVID-19 and now the death of several residents in a long-term care home. So Cole's notes, um, guests that attended this wedding contracted COVID-19, presumably at the wedding, which I've got a point for later, and they were long-term care workers and they took it back into the long-term care home and they've linked now all of, all of this um, residents from the age, residents in the age from their 70s to 90s, and four additional deaths in the care home um, were linked back to this exposure. So, and how I saw this was a, a well-respected wedding professional posted about this and and asked the question about will the vendors of this wedding get sued civilly for wrongful death and who's who's responsible? It also says in the article that. Um, that this wedding happened regardless of the restrictions. So they broke the restrictions um, at the time. The yeah, wedding had 300 attendees wow. and ceremonies were limited to 50. Um, and then it says something uh, in here about how the bride and groom clearly had little care for such restrictions, packing in over six times the allowed limits. So it does bring up a really interesting question about who ultimately is responsible. And this is a different conversation from, hey, somebody went to an event and they got sick, they went to an event, they got sick, they took it into a long-term care home and they affected others. And um, 
I guess the big question is, is this going to turn into big legal problems? And who are the legal problems for? Is it for the bridegroom? Is it for the venue? Is it for the wedding planner? Is it for the florist? Is it for the DJ? Who ultimately is is going to be held responsible? Yeah, definitely going to repeat that we're not lawyers when it comes to this because I could probably... Yeah. Or who should be? And, no, no, no. And, yeah, in the context of this conversation, who... Like experience who, and like maybe experiences that we have that we could parallel to this potentially or like maybe some kind of idea of like where we think that there's a moral obligation. I think that's where we can maybe weigh in on. But yeah, the, the specific letter of the law is probably... And I, I'll, I'll say this too because I think this is an important note for our industry. The hospitality industry specifically is one of the few industries that is being required to do contact tracing. And I think that's really dangerous. So when you go, you know, a lot of restaurants will take your name and your phone number so they can contact trace you. Any event you go to, chances are very good. They have registration information. They know who you are. They know how to contact you. So when you go to a store, when you go to the grocery store, that information is not shared. When you go, you know, out in the world and so many other things, it's not shared. So is there a danger in the event industry and the hospitality industry being singled out as the one place that they could trace back to, even though that may not necessarily be where the cause is? And maybe, you know, this wedding, it sounds like it's pretty cut and dry that it was a big super spreader event. But if we're the only ones that are doing the contact tracing, and that we're the only ones that are left in the line of fire, I think that is really, really dangerous. Well, I mean, think about it, though. Like, I think we do have to. I mean, we've talked about it many a times how the events industry doesn't have, like, any sort of, like, formal barrier to entry, right? So, therefore, like, anybody could, it, like, I don't even know if this wedding had a wedding planner or not. They probably didn't. But they probably go, yeah, we're just going to do this. I'm guessing um, they did. But, like, if you think about it, though, like, if, if, uh, if E. coli outbroke at a restaurant, right? And they continued to serve that E. coli to people or whatever it is. I'm sure the the restaurant association would bar that person from ever opening a restaurant. They'd probably lose their liquor license, all those things like that as well. Not necessarily. Some, one random person. Well, you, like I think some there would be some sort of like probably formal no allowance of being able to do things. I think we have some cases of that. And I might bring an example that maybe this can is a little bit more extreme but could be parallel to this. But like if, for example – Joe Schmo decides to host a uh, wedding or a party for 300 people and does it, right? Like, he can't be, like, stripped of, you shall never host a social event ever again. Like, you know, it might be just all the weddings in that area or, like, or wedding venues are, like, bar that person from ever working here again. But there, there doesn't seem to be, like, other than maybe a legal ramification of, like, suing or going to jail or something like that, there's no, like, like professional liability so you're saying like, let the free market decide and regulate itself? No, I'm not saying that that's the right thing. I'm just saying I think that's one reason why that's, that's happening. I, well, I, I, it, is, it is a good point, though, because when you think about it, like those schmucks from Fire Festival continue to go on and continue to work. Yeah, right? yeah, there's yeah. Nothing, yeah, there's yeah, nothing there preventing them from working. And whether they're doing good work or bad work, I don't Or instructing uh, event professionals because Connect <laughs> is paying them to do it. I didn't mean to get you going. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I just, you know. I should have. I should have known. But that's a solid, that's I'll take a solid that point. I mean, that's a solid point of like. I mean, this also probably stretches to like liability across the entire entire like industry in a lot of ways, and that's one reason why we've always fought for like more regulation and more you know systems and barriers to entry and things like that. Um, yeah, so, well, would it would it that's surprise you if I told you that this wedding was planned by a 
um, a professional, somebody that knows better, somebody that's been in the industry for 20 years, somebody that plans, Mm -hmm. you know, 20, 30 weddings a year and has a big team. Would that surprise you? Um, it wouldn't surprise me because I think then also people, I don't know what, when did they say the wedding took place? November. Holy Jesus. It took place like a month ago. Um, I was going to say, I think that it, I was going to say maybe the person was desperate for money. So then at that point, so it doesn't surprise me, but what it does more so is it anger me. It would make me feel like, come on, we, you knew better or like, why couldn't like, I don't know. I, and I think I'd be more, even more frustrated. That's just the initial kind of like, ugh anger of it but then i think the second anger would come if i heard that that person could continue doing their business and making that liable not whether they're liable or not that they continued not being held responsible same same level of frustration i feel with fire festival that those guys are continuing to go on and are kind of revered and everything like that i just feel like there would be no ramification for it and i think that's even before we start to talk about who is liable we haven't gotten to the 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 pose of the question but yeah i think that would frustrate me too would would it frustrate you in the same way yes because even here in la there's been some social planners that are you know bragging on their social media Mm -hmm. accounts that they're doing these events and no one has face mask on and it doesn't it doesn't make us as an industry look good. I think a lot of people forget that it's a team mentality. And if one thing goes wrong, like it's not just you and your company that are shamed, it's the rest of our industry that's shamed. Mm -hmm. And so this person, yeah, if they're a professional, shame on you. You should know your state regulations and your rules. And if you're breaking that, it's just not worth it. Seven people died for, and they weren't even there. Like, that's really sad. Seven grandmas or grandpas, you know, died because someone was being irresponsible. And so there's a lot of areas, just like when you're doing a post-con, right? You're just seeing, okay, where are all the mistakes and things to improve on? There was, it seemed like multiple things happened that shouldn't have, that could have been stopped. That So, Tui, we're going yeah. to lay some blame. Okay. okay. So okay. in this situation, you have the bride and the groom, right? You have, let's say there's a wedding planner. Let's say that there's a venue. So let's put those as the key, the key stakeholders. Those three. I don't know that. I don't know that the DJ and the florist get as much sway in the decision as to whether. Well, let's say there's happen. ancillary vendors that were there. Yeah, too, yeah. And let's put okay. let's let's put all of the event partners in a bucket. Who ultimately is responsible for this taking place? Is it the bride and groom? Is it the event part or the event planner, or is it the venue? At which point should it have stopped? And that's who's going to get sued. I think the event planner. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I, I do not. Interesting. Yeah. Go after your own like that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because hey, who's the one that's reaching out about that event? You know, like you're in the contract with the venue, you're in the contract with the um, all the other vendors, supplier partners. That venue wouldn't have been able to happen if that event planner didn't vet and source and sign a contract with them. You're right. Yeah, it would. Weddings don't, weddings don't need planners. Weddings don't oh, need I'm vendors. Thinking, oh, we're, I'm, I'm still think? in corporate Wedi- world. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Weddings are weddings are a social get together, um, and that there's professionals for it is a luxury. They don't require them. I, I think it's the I, I think it's the bride and groom. I, totally. I think there's there's two. He wrote the guest list. In my head. Done. The bride and groom made the guest list, invited the folks, paid the bill. Done. I think that they're they're Ooh. ultimately responsible. Oh, I see. And I think second to that, I think I think the venue holds a big part of this because restrictions are restrictions, and they allowed 
they created the space that allowed those people to come. And it's like, if you break fire code and something happens and you're a venue, you get big shit for that. That is yeah, not, exactly. That, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even break deal. fire code. Like uh, I have signed two different NDAs for two different organizations that I've worked for. So no names uh, that have got as many as a hundred people sick from a, a, a single mm-hmm. event. It happens gotta, all uh, the time. And it, and it was those in my history too. black and white, not being cleanly while preparing food. Mm-hmm. Food and beverage organizations get people sick. Why? All the, all the time. Because that's how people get sick. You know, like mm-hmm. they are, they just have the access to people's bodies. So like mm-hmm. I, I, even even like mediocre ones probably have a, a really good batting average. But one out of a thousand still could get tons of people sick. Right. So mm-hmm. a weak link in a chain is the problem. And they're highly regulated as such. So like you have to take uh, and keep up with your regulations around uh, cleanliness. So like I'm sure that that, that Dustin, at least you've had to take tests of knowing like wh- where when you and you're in a cooler, like what level chicken goes uh, above other things and stuff like that. Like, you know, the danger zone for food when it comes to temperatures and, and things like that. So like F and B is trained specifically on health and regulations. And the law generally works off of generally speaking off of um, uh, pretty practical, um, uh, like experiential things uh, coupled with what ha- where the precedent is. And in venues specifically have uh, the training and, and, and get sued all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't, it's not like it's, it's binary win or lose. It is a percentage of, of uh, how often or how much that you are at fault. Even to the degree, like when it comes to alcohol, which is another thing that, you know, obviously that you could use as a parallel to this. If you if there's a drunk driving accident uh, and someone, uh, you know, is at a wedding and drinks quite a bit and then goes to a bar and then drinks a bunch and then goes to another bar and drinks a bunch. There isn't someone in that chain that is at fault. The chain is. is at fault and there's a yeah. percentage of blame. And I think yeah. that we may be looking once there's a precedent for this at something like that, because I think most people are looking at this as a real, you know, without a lot of legal precedent, because I've unfortunately had to have been, you know, in a bunch of different situations where I've had to give uh, information and, you know, be in courtrooms uh, for uh, well, I suits. Mean- I think that analogy of the drunk driver is really interesting then because so in theory then if you have a drunk driver yep. the drunk driver usually gets in trouble for yep. drinking and driving right the 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 bar gets in trouble for serving mm-hmm. them or over serving them yep. right so then the question becomes too is the are the guests Absolutely. who got sick also liable by the way in the midst of a 2020 pandemic what type of hermit would you have to be to not know what is going on what to avoid and what not to do like especially on what, november 7th what, on november 7th yeah yeah exactly so like you've had that so like like i would say like shame on you any human being at this point who doesn't do their due diligence like you got covid because you were lax and other people could have been lax to to compensate that but if you show up to a wedding with 300 people or whatever right now and you go whoa and you, but you keep going. I mean, you've just assumed some liability so, as far as my mind is concerned. So there's a great example of that in um, traffic laws. So <clears throat> when there's a change to traffic laws, so let's say distracted driving would be the most recent, like big change. If you, if there's a law changed in your state or your province or wherever the hell you are, and you can't talk on your cell phone while you're driving anymore, you get pulled over after it happens and you say, but I didn't know. You still get a ticket because it's your responsibility 
to keep up to date with those laws. It's your responsibility mm-hmm. to know. It's like you didn't see it on the news. It doesn't matter to the cop that's giving you the ticket. The law is the law. And I think that applies here too. So you can't you can't just plead ignorance and say, oh, I didn't know. Or, you know, Nancy Pelosi that's like, oh, my hairdresser said it was okay to get my hair cut. It's like that doesn't work. There's a, there's a personal responsibility that everybody shares to know what the rules are. And if you walk in a room with 300 people and you are assuming liability when you stay. So then the question is, do you guys think the Ven... So we've, I think we've... We, so actually, as much as like there's someone who's the most responsible for sure. And I think it sounds like we all agree the the, 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 the client to the... The, the person gra- writing groom, bride and groom are. 100%. Then we think that the attendees are also responsible. And I think at some level too, the planner is also responsible. The venue is also responsible. Here's some a controversial opinion. Do you think the vendors are responsible? No, uh, not I, again. Not being a lawyer, I don't think. I think they would have a really hard time um, being but are they legally like charged. They're absolutely they accomplices. They're they're unprofessional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're unprofessional. In the, in, in the that's not illegal. World, that's not illegal to be unprofessional. Clearly, um, but they suck. Right? Like they they shouldn't brag about being associated with that event at best. Because oh, yeah, I don't think I that don't said, like, if you make Whoa. something, if you make a cake and somebody buys it from you and puts it puts it where there's a bunch of people, how do you know, right? You know, you know what, though, Nick, I bet you anything. If you were a DJ, yep, you sh- you show up. There's 300 people at this wedding, and mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, there's only supposed to be 50. Mm-hmm. You pack up your gear and you say, I'm not staying here. This is breaking health orders. This mm-hmm. is not safe. And you pack up and leave. That DJ would be sued by by the host. They so would, imagine they would, there would be a breach of contract. There would be something. Yeah, especially like, the DJ probably doesn't like, have ironclad the, laws. And is, but what, uh, okay, 100, so 100%. so what? Okay, there's a small fire in the in the in the place, and you say, well, I got to, you know, I don't want to get sued because there's a small fire there, but I don't want to deal with that. Or it's raining on their equipment, or there's electrical issues, or uh, there's fire safety issues, or any other thing, or whatever it is. Like there's an unsafe environment that you are working in, and do you just say, hey, you know, don't want to get sued? Like yeah, I this agree is with that. that. Like this is this is as bad this as a little bit of fire going oh, I think on the, I in think the back. The DJ, I think the DJ should leave, but I also think that the system is set up so that that oh, there, I would, agree. there would be a penalty on him. He would not oh, him or her. Well, I think that's if they were savvy, no. I mean, like as far as like they, they should be able to. I mean, like imagine imagine the vendor that really walked away from this event, right? Like right. how good would they look, right? But think but think about the difference that would make in the industry if you knew if you knew that that the vendors you work with, the partners that you work with would never stand for this. If they were like, hey, this isn't safe and you run the risk of people backing out on you and saying, I don't want to be a part of this. Would that, you think that would help sway people to be like, hey, it's not worth it to have a 300 person wedding. I mean, I would hope that. But I mean, you know, the person doing the decor knew there was 300 people. Yeah. The DJ <laughs> knew there was 300 people. Let's they be honest. Knew. They were they like, knew. what? What? We need 300 for the DJ. I didn't just show thought up. we're 30 rounds of 10. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought every guest had a table. I thought we were leaving empty chairs for the past. I would. I wouldn't ones. do it honestly. If if somebody called my company tomorrow and said, "Hey, we know the rules are this, but you know we're doing it on private property," or they tried to like bamboozle me, I'd be like, "Good luck. I'm not. I want." I know vendors that would it. do it. Right now, yeah, I, I know. Sure. I know vendors that would do it too. And I think my biggest fear would be, I do not want to be linked to anything that goes sideways. I don't want my brand so, linked to it. I don't. And it's in, and it's because I st- I still believe that you can gather people safely, and I think that you can do it properly. Um, but so I, gotta, I would follow the rules. 
So then, I, so I eventually have another question, but I think while we talk about blame, um, I have this one last question and thought is that I think that everybody's a hundred, it's everybody's fault. Like even there's some people it's more their fault than others. Yeah. But like, according like to the idea that how we have liability insurance and everybody's supposed to have liability insurance to cover each other in case right. something happens, like that's where I think it's like, it's everybody's fault. And so my analogy with, I think the scenario, and I think you guys' analogies might be better than mine. Mine's a little bit, I think more Usually. tragic and direct, but I'm thinking about, um, the state fair where the stage collapsed and like how that rocked like the production world mm -hmm. and how like every production company was like oh yeah we'll just build stages and then that thing went down and like everybody's insurance mm -hmm. cost went up okay it was like impossible for us to like even get insurance our first two years because they're like look like you got to demonstrate you're super safe and you you aren't doing these large structures and everything like that and like there's still like tons of carve outs in my insurance because of it i'm thinking it's like very very similarly in that same vein that like you know, it when that happened, it wasn't just it wasn't obviously the staging company got in trouble. The people who made the staging got in trouble. The organizer got in trouble, and I think the only people that weren't the blame were the attendees because they had no choice in being able to know it. But I'm thinking like also just like actors, active shooter scenarios. I mean, the, the tough part about this is like I think this is the first time we've ever had it where there is a foreseen knowing that you are mm. going to something dangerous right. and something bad is going to happen at it versus right. like, you know, yeah, the, like an active shooter or stage the, collapse. The, you don't the know chances of an active shooter or stage collapsing are very, very low. Like, yeah, very, very low. And this yeah. in this case, the chances of something happening are, are a lot higher. Yeah. All That's it true. takes is okay. any human being to sneeze uh, or cough. And all of a sudden, you would have that affect people who didn't show up. That's the difference of the exponential increase coupled with um, it takes a prepared, desperate mind to go to an event and do that versus a very mm -hmm. accidental human behavior of doing something that would leave uh, a trace of a virus or something like that. So like one is very much intent uh, based on uh, you know extreme behavior, and the other is an, you know very very easily an, an accidental thing that happens, uh, and um, that's I think I think part of the reason is not necessarily bad intentions or or people doing their job poorly or anything like that. Uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's it's mm -hmm. you're just fighting the you know however many years you've been on life like the way that you live right. Um, and I think that that's why they just say play it safe and do some things that might might seem like I, all the people that make, you know, like jokes about like, well, if you, if you have to be six feet, then why do you need to wear a mask? And you're like, it's because that we're trying to create a culture that has some double checks on things because totally. likely you won't do both, but you might not do one. So therefore you do the other. And it creates these habitual things that that are going against the way that you normally do. Uh, in order to hedge our bets because neither wearing a mask nor being six feet are a big deal in comparison to death. And mm. let's just, you know, and, and, and then like I literally have somebody on my Facebook post today who produces events and has been saying uh, that wearing masks is stupid. Uh, mm. I may wear a mask, but I'll be screaming behind it. Um, there's That's not, fine. Uh, I don't give a shit what yeah, yeah, literally put everyone <laughs> just put it on. Everyone dumped on this person as they do. This is like this is a terrible human being that I follow because I'm curious to see like what terrible, like consistently terrible human beings say. Mm. Uh, like, well, hear that if you're a friend of Nick's. Oh yeah, there's plenty of people person. I follow that I think are, are yeah. awful people because I'm curious to see. You know, like he posted about posted about the Redskins posted about usually it's uh, black lives matter and it's usually lgbt stuff that he all the things that he's not into uh and he produces <laughs> events 
And uh, th- those that's, all sound like such awful things. Awful like, things. Geez, oh, <laughs> get those things out of your life. Oh, they're not serving you. Yeah, this your life is... would be so much better without all those things. <laughs> this is uh, you fucking yeah. All right, so so back. On but anyways, topic. he uh, he's <laughs> talking about like the fact that like this isn't uh, this doesn't really matter, and that we've been fed that we're lemmings by wearing masks and and all this stuff. So like uh, my fear is that mostly because he believes that you know we we he needs to earn a paycheck and he wants to go to church and raise a family, blah blah blah, and I. Think think what's going to happen is is that certain people uh, and more and more of them will just make the decision that this is a gamble that we're all going to die and covid just might be the way you die and we just got to get on with it and some people aren't going to make it and like that that is a consistent political ideology that is uh of a certain political ideology that says look not all of us are going to make it not all of us are going to be successful and those that don't it's just the way it is and I think that as this goes on, there's going to be people like that. And at that point, I believe that like the attendees are going to start to have to take more and more responsibility yes. um, because, you know, like the, 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 like the story is out. I mean, it's the only mm-hmm. story for an entire year. And if you aren't doing these things, uh, it's because you've made a choice mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're not into the science, you're into the, the gamble or you're into the whatever. And I think that like buyer beware, uh, it, it's, it's like, I understand to a degree, I guess, people that were smoking cigarettes in the 1940s and 50s. But like, if you're smoking cigarettes now and you're like, why did I get lung cancer? You mm-hmm. know, you're like, well... There's, there's been some talk about that, you know, for, for a number of decades. And yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you have to say at a certain point, you, you've made that decision. Yeah, I know this could kill me. Uh, I'm very aware that, that there's all these negative things with it. I just have decided to take this risk uh, because it is something that I believe in for, you know, pleasure, freedom, etc. And I think that like, the people the attendees are going to have to like especially in the dead center of the biggest pandemic in a hundred years like Mm -hmm. with global media could you imagine where we would be if personal responsibility actually kicked in here if 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 everyone were to just be responsible and you know like i just i find this like all the lockdown bullshit, all of the like trying to force people to do it, it could all just go away if we would just take responsibility for our actions. And, you know, I, I'm still quite free. I mean, we're in Alberta, we're making the news because we haven't locked down and we're, our cases are surging. Yes. And, and we're getting, we're getting to a critical point, but our malls are still open. Our shops are still open. I went for brunch yesterday and I went and did some light shopping and everywhere I went was masks, like proper cues never was anywhere that was crowded and i just find i just find all of this to be to be so exhausting right where it's like there is there is a point where we have to be responsible for ourselves i have been saying this this for months i don't go to places that i know are that i know are not safe i've turned around and walked out of a shop i've just been like oh too many people in here i don't want somebody breathing on my neck i'm out of here and if more people can just start taking care of their own and just quit quit worrying so goddamn much about what everybody else is doing i don't know it's a, this it's like, is this well, quite like the, the interesting social experiment the well, social the argument exper- the, the, the argument of like we should just take the safety labels off everything and let the problem solve itself in some ways <laughs> but i mean there the is a darwinist is still- like streak that runs through a specific ideological grouping of humanity that believes that like Right. Um, but it also is based on a premise that everything is equal and like right. and everyone has the same you know abilities and the same whatever. And I think that like there the, the, the rube is 
that is the case sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then there, it's, it's absolutely not the case the other times. And therefore, like people don't understand nuance. So a half of the world believes that like everyone should kick, watch everyone else and be the, you know, be their brother's keeper and a nanny state. And the other half believes anything goes uh, right. and the strong survive. And the reality is, is that there are certain things that are negligent that you don't know about as a human being. Like there's things that you could do at a venue that could hurt people big time, like scaffolding or, mm-hmm. or whatever. That as an attendee, you wouldn't have the professional, you know, or the insight to be able to see that that is something that could hurt you. Right. Then there's things like a 24-7, you know, uh, media talking nonstop for nine months about COVID and then walking into an event with hundreds of people and being like, I didn't know. Right. And I think that like, that's the problem. I think that like the nuances is that there are, yes, there are situations where regulation should come in and legality should come in and there should be compensation for people who were taken advantage of. And I think there's also instances where, come on, like, come on, you, you you know that you shouldn't be there. You know, like that's a bad place to be. Totally. Yeah, I think that, I think in but this you case, should have known better is not a is not a uh, yeah it sure is it I sure mean, is you just wait and see you should have known better will be will be all over these court cases There's well I mean be, like not like, that that mess yeah that's pleading, what I'm saying it's pleading like pleading you're right that, that sorry I'm saying that it's the opposite of that is that it yeah like the the ignorance is bliss is no longer an argument right. um, across the board but the the problem becomes though is that that's very reactive like so the question becomes like, how do you make it more proactive? Other than like, obviously there being county restrictions and things like that. I'm, I'm I would be curious to know too. But it like, just goes to show that the restrictions don't work. It just goes to show that they do in some that, instances. Like uh, to me, like the whole COVID experiment. You know, if you get like extremely objective and you you remove like the humanity from it, like I am utterly fascinated by, as I normally am, of groupings of people and how a specific uh, X factor um, can show how a group of people react from one country's ideological political differences of how they react to, to this to uh, the psychology of groupings of people where there are certain groups of people that are just like, hey, you know, the government said to not do that. So we, we listened and we didn't do that and we're fine versus I'm going to do what I want. And and also America. like to see like. The, the even in the face of, you know, that and then, then also to see like who believes in like the media, who believes in science, who who doesn't. And like to me, like it, it's really interesting to see like how how much we're not on the same page globally uh, when it comes to individualism versus um, what's good for like the, the, the majority of people or even the minority of people when it comes to life. And like I think that like. There, there's enough people on earth that are like, if it's not this threshold of people uh, or someone I know, who cares? And then there's other groups of people who are like, or more into the collective and believe, you know, that are like, I, I, I will do this. I don't think this is a problem for me, but I'll do it for other people. And there's other people That's... that would never do that. Like ever, ever, ever. It's just like, hey, life is, you know, you're in the jungle and, you know, it's dog eat dog and whatever. And like to me, that's the most fascinating part of this is that the fact that there's like enough people out there that are just like so into individualism uh, that they don't understand that like there's no individualism anymore or we wouldn't have a, like a disease that started in China here. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. even work like their, their, their worldview isn't even relevant. 
Mm -hmm. I think what is so important about this article that everybody needs to pay attention to is that the actions that were taken by all parties led guests going back to their workplace and people died, right? So this isn't just, you know, oh, I'm not afraid to get COVID or it's just another cold or it's this, that, or the other thing. It's like there was there... It's a second degree connection. There... You know that that number one, those people that work for that long-term care facility that that you know were just out doing whatever the hell they wanted to and going to work, like shame on those people. And I mm-hmm. I hope I hope they get theirs because ultimately I think personal responsibility needs to prevail. And those are the people that should have been the most careful. Those are yeah. the people that have chosen to work in an industry that they don't get to just throw caution to the wind because there's a real consequence because they are serving the most vulnerable of population and like. You know, I don't, it's just an article. We only see one side of it, but dare I say, like, fuck those people. Like, what the hell? What were you, what were you thinking? Um, but I think it is a really good, I think it's a really good reminder that the consequences of, of just having an event because, you know, you felt you could do it different or, or whatever your reasons are, the, the, the consequences are huge and they're so much bigger than I think what a lot of people are thinking they will be. Like my, my sister-in-law uh, sleeps in a different room than her husband because she works, she's a nurse and she works on the COVID floor and wears a mask in her house. Um, it, people like... Bless her. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's... No, but it, seriously. It's great. It's great. Like, I mean, that, that stuff's awesome. But like there, people, there, there's people who... This number one is real. Number two, um, there, are, there are people who have it much tougher... Mm-hmm. And like, what is your threshold that you are willing to do in order to help uh, the, for the greater good and other people? And I think that, that that's the line that like in, in as an event professional, like we, we should be the people who are always concerned about um, how we impact the groups of people and how we bring people together. Uh, and uh, and the legacy of coming together and it's we we can't have the mentality of look people you know uh, just do whatever they want to do now mm-hmm. I'm not speaking legally right I'm just saying like from a professional standpoint from even sure. beyond professional of like why do you do what you do I can't mm-hmm. imagine someone who got into this profession and really believes in it uh, also believes in taking risk of people's lives because like what what's the point like it's just contrary to, to our existence and i think with that nick i think if enough event profs said no to this couple it wouldn't have happened agreed like <clears throat> sure yeah. it would have taken you know that venue might have said no and somebody else said yes but if enough people said no to them and said that's not what we're going to do. That's not what our industry strives to do. Then that wedding wouldn't have happened and those consequences mm-hmm. wouldn't have existed. That, now that's a big ask. That's a lot because especially when no be, one has money. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I, I agree. I see the challenges in that, when, but the power, the power really is in, in, in our industry to say yes or no to what it is that we're going to do. It, and, it may have been, it may have sounded like, like beating a dead horse and, um, and whining and whatever for the last decade of, of, of all associations specifically about talking about barrier to entry and professionalism. But let me tell you, if those words would have been heeded and that would have been the number one priority, um, we, we wouldn't be in a situation that is life and death um, like this, where the difference between life and death comes down to who uh, is professional and who isn't. So I think that like, 
those organizations that have been saying this for like that long, it isn't just about like who makes more money uh, or or like we you know we get to we get to act more like doctors and lawyers or whatever nonsense people say it, it it's really about life like we the, we are the barriers and protectors and we hold uh attendees lives in our hands when we are designing things uh and i'm not saying from a legal perspective any of that stuff what i'm saying is just like the point of we could have been you know someone in a in a professional situation could have been the difference mm-hmm. uh, between mm-hmm. life and death yeah, and, and maybe these are reasonable people and all it would have taken is one person to sit them down and say, hey, like, you know, these are the consequences. Maybe it didn't need to be, you know, everybody they talked to. Maybe it was just that one person that was like, hey, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't right and here's some alternatives. And, and you know, maybe that happened and they were stubborn. We don't know. But uh, I'd like to, I'd like to believe that, uh, that moving forward, there's, there's, there's more of that. Agreed, Dustin. And this this conversation, I'm even learning a lot. One, just about the wedding industry, because you know I'm thinking about professionals, and that's one thing that we can do as a as a group, as an industry, because we are professionals. Is again go back to duty of care. Again, like it's bigger than us, and now there's lives like truly involved, and people are dying through all of this. And I and would bef- love to before you wrap up, Tui. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say that. I know a lot of really great wedding professionals and I feel like wedding professionals are getting the shit under the stick because they're the only events that are still happening in a lot of places. And I know a ton of incredible wedding professionals like Lynn Fletcher, Jennifer Bergman. They would never in a million years touch this with a 10 foot pole. And I think there's a lot of really good people out there that, that do really great work. And I don't, I don't think this is, <clears throat> I don't think that this is specific. I think there's just a lot more weddings than other events. But and those, they're the only ones that are still taking place. Even those examples are the types of people who for the last 10, 15 years have been the loudest people saying that we need higher standards and totally. higher barriers of entry. So I think that like there, there is, um, th- that is really, to me, the thing that really like shines the most out of this is, is the fact that like that has been like kind of like become noise and like i think that now like if we if if that wouldn't i don't know if if that if people would have listened to people like that um i think that it wouldn't we would have uh, an industry exclusively made up of people who are um, professionals as much as you can just wanted to make sure that all of our wedding friends didn't think we were shitting on them (laughs) oh yeah there's lots lots, there's lots of great lots of great (laughs) pros out there but they 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 know that there should be less of them too (laughs) yeah that's true Tui, why don't you like wrap this up in a nice bow for us? Nice bow. Well, I want to know what what the listeners think. So Mm -hmm. let us know. Call to action is what do you think about this? Like take a look at that article and give us your feedback. Who's responsible? I'd love to know what where people's heads are at about who ultimately is responsible. And I think second to that, who could have made a difference in the process? Mm. And and who, you know, who in this process could have been the one to be like, hey, probably bad news bears, but. I love it. Love it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning on every, in. Every week we're like, let's find a positive topic to talk about. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> here Th- we are. Thanks everybody for tuning on in. This has been the Brew Crew. We'll see you next time on Event Brew. Bye, y'all. Peace out. Bye. See you. Nick, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time.
on Event Room.